Well, good morning, church family. Here it is another beautiful uh, day in uh, Connecticut, and we're enjoying uh, some of that summer weather. Uh, it is uh, Wednesday, July the 29th, and it's time for us to spend some time in the Word as an encouragement and to give us a, an extra midweek boost uh, as we continue our study in Psalm 119. So uh, let's begin by opening up in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this beautiful Wednesday. Uh, thank you for the sunshine and just for the warmth that summer brings. Uh, Lord, we ask as we uh, take time to open up your word uh, this day that you would grant us uh, a deeper understanding of your truth and that it would be something that would transform how we think and how we act uh, so that we may uh, reflect your son, Jesus Christ, that we may be bearers of the good news uh, to the world that needs to hear. Uh, and particularly as the days uh, uh, become more and more difficult, Lord, we ask that you would help us to reflect your son's love uh, to the world. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we uh, enter into a new section of Psalm 119. Uh, this is uh, the section from verses 25 to 32 in the Hebrew letter uh, Daleth. And so I'm going to go ahead and read the entire text as we begin uh, this morning. It says, My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on the, your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways uh, far from me, and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set my, your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. So today we're going to take a look at uh, verses 25 through 27 uh, of our text. And so uh, let's uh, re-read uh, uh, verse 25 as we begin to see uh, just how God's word revives the soul, uh, which is our theme of this section. It says, My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. See, the psalmist finds himself at an exceptionally low point in his life. Uh, he is facing something that is bringing him down, uh, bringing him uh, in his innermost being down to the point that he is clinging to the dust of his spiritual ground. Uh, and the, the psalmist realizes this and, and knows that uh, something needs to, to be addressed, something needs to change, uh, because he is in you know, you know, what we may label it as a, a spiritual depression, uh, and he needs uh, something that can give him life. Uh, we know that that's the, the Word of God to help bring him out uh, of this uh, state that he finds himself in. Now, if you remember back to the Old Testament, uh, one of the accounts in there is uh, an encounter between uh, Naaman and Elisha. Uh, you know, Naaman had leprosy, uh, and as he came to Elisha uh, for the purpose of, you know, having Elisha uh, heal him from this uh, uh, plight that he had of, of leprosy, uh, Elisha ends up uh, having him do something uh, really extraordinary in going and dipping himself uh, in uh, the Jordan. Uh, and after all this is done, of course, Naaman in thankfulness to Elisha wanted to give him something. Uh, and Elisha uh, decided that he did not want anything for that. 
but Elisha had a servant. Uh, uh, his name was uh, Gehazi. Uh, and if you remember that account, uh, Gehazi uh, wrongly ended up taking payment from Naaman uh, because he saw what Elisha had done and, and figured that there was a, a way in which he could benefit from it. And in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 27, it says this, uh, as a result of Elisha realizing what um, Gehazi had done. Uh, it says, Therefore the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. So he went out from his presence uh, a leper like snow. So there was a consequence to Gehazi's uh, coveting uh, something that uh, he did not have the right to claim. Uh, because it was Elisha, through the power of God, that uh, gave Naaman the ability to be cleansed from his leprosy. Uh, and the reason I share this is because that word, uh, shall cling to you, is the same Hebrew word that we find here where his, the psalmist says, my soul clings to the dust. So if you can you know, picture this uh, uh, as uh, Gehazi is uh, you know, receiving the punishment for his actions, uh, he, it says that, uh, he went out from his presence a leper like snow. Uh, and that leprosy clung to his body. Uh, it was part of who he was. There was no separating his leprosy from his being because it was something that affected his, his, his whole body. Uh, and so as that leprosy cling to Gehazi, uh, this is the same Hebrew word here in Psalm 119 verse 25 where the, the psalmist is saying, my soul clings to the dust. Uh, he's that that low and and everything that he is at this point uh, is bringing him and plaguing him uh, and it appears as though it's not going away just like the leprosy uh, would be with Gehazi's descendants uh, forever as the scripture tells us uh, and it persisted to the point of overwhelming uh, the psalmist's spirit uh, and so notice what he says he says my soul clings to the dust this is his request of God Give me life according to your word. Give me life. Uh, those words there, give me uh, life, can actually be translated, revive me. So the psalmist knows that God can do something to bring him out of his current state and to lift him up to the state that will be more beneficial to him. Uh, and when we think about revival, you know, as, we, as the psalmist says, you know, revive me. When we think about revival, uh, by definition, revival is the spiritual reawakening from stagnation in a believer's life. Uh, sometimes our Christian life can become stagnant uh, for some reasons that maybe we are spending less time with God and more time with other things that uh, you know draw our attention away. Um, sometimes it, 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 we're stagnant because uh, we're not actually uh, in the Word of God, uh, which, as the psalmist says, Give me life according to what? Your word. So the word has the ability to do something in the, the believer's life to, uh, one, keep them from going to a place uh, where they find themselves uh, so spiritually down that they are clinging to the dust. Uh, and so that's why as we, we talk about the Christian life, we talk about abiding in God and examining ourselves and walking with God, uh, the purpose of that is, is because we, we need God's Word to give us that extra uh, pers uh, perspective uh, in life. Uh, because as we look at the world, uh, honestly, the world is very depressing. Uh, because the world is continuing to seek 
uh, only that which it desires, which are all things contrary to who God is. And so as believers, it's not even a place that we can find any type of joy or fulfillment in, in relation to our spiritual lives. Um, when we seek those things devoid of God, uh, we will find ourselves uh, in a low place. Now, it doesn't mean that we cannot enjoy the things that, that the world has to offer that God gives to us as gifts and as blessings when we do so in light of, of who God is and, and use those things for uh, his glory. Uh, and so that therein lies the difference. Uh, but revival brings the believer into uh, a renewed appreciation of God's love, his holiness, his word, and his kingdom. So in other words, what it does is it takes us out of that, that, that stagnation and lifts us up to bring us back to what uh, our eyes were opened up to when we put our faith and trust in Christ. Where uh, as you engage a new believer and you see the excitement and the love and the, and the passion that they have for God, uh, sometimes as we walk through this life, uh, we can find ourselves, as it were, losing those things. Uh, we, we can't lose God. Uh, because God has us and he has us sealed until the day of redemption through his spirit. And his spirit is within each and every believer to uh, safeguard and to keep us and to convict us. And be the, the agent of change to actually, through the word, bring life when we find ourselves clinging to the dust. Because the cares and worries of life itself will, uh, will and do beat us down, leaving us emotionally, physically, and spiritually exhausted. Complacency in our walk with the Lord will beat us and uh, does beat us down, uh, leaving us emotionally, physically, and spiritually exhausted. Compromising the truth of God's word uh, for the sake of some uh, desire or some course of action uh, and uh, the convictions that are formed from that uh, will beat us down, uh, leaving us emotionally, physically, and spiritually exhausted. Uh, and so that's why we need the Word of God. That's why God knew we needed His Spirit to live within us so that we could you know, draw from that and, and realize that there will be times where we, as the psalmist, need to pray, Give me life according to your Word. Listen to what Spurgeon said. He said, One would have thought that he would have asked for comfort or up, uh, upraising, but he knew that these would come out of increased life. And therefore he sought that blessing which is the root of the rest, which is the word of God. When a person is depressed in spirit, weak, and bent towards the ground, the main thing is to increase his stamina and put more life into him. Then his spirit revives. <clears throat> and that happens through the word of God. Because it is God who is the one who is the effector of change and can bring us out. And revive me how? according to your word. Which takes us to verses 26 and 27, which uh, I put together because of the continuation of the theme in both of these verses. It says, When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. Have you ever stopped and told God your ways? Because what, what is happening here is the psalmist is actually confessing to the Lord those things that are sinful, those things that are probably pulling him down, things that are help, having him be in the situation of being 
uh, in, in clinging to the ground. Um, you know, have you ever taken the time uh, uh, to consider uh, all the things that you're, you're wandering uh, uh, through in your Christian life? Things that, you know, don't exactly line up with the Word of God, uh, but then to, uh, you know, have a, a negative effect. Do you take and tell God your every misstep? You know, um, we, we don't like to confess to others when we do wrong. We, we like to hide that, internalize that. And, and that's not healthy for personal relationships here in the physical world uh, and is also detrimental in the spiritual world because that is part of what quenches the spirit, uh, what um, keeps us from having and enjoying the communion and the effect that the Word of God can have in our lives. How about every proud decision or every random glance uh, or every jealous action that you do, do you stop and, as the psalmist says, tell God of your ways? Uh, we need to. We need to keep short accounts with God. Uh, and the psalmist realized that his life was an open book to God. Uh, he understood the power of the Word of God. And what the words that we read in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 that uh, ring true, that God's word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, uh, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature you know, is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. See, the thing is, is that God's word does that work of revealing all those things that calls us to cling to the ground. Uh, and when, when God's word is doing that great work, then it brings us to the point of, of confession. Uh, and it brings us to the point of realizing that when we do, guess what? The psalmist says, when I told uh, of my ways, God did what? He answered him. So you understood what it says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, God answers. God desires and God's uh, will for us is to confess our sin, to keep those short accounts and to not hold on to those things that keep us clinging to the ground. Uh, 1 Peter 3, 12 says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So another promise is, is that when we come to God in prayer, as those who are righteous because of Christ uh, and his finished work on Calvary, and because he is our Savior, uh, we have the ability uh, to come to God and know that God hears us. Uh, and he does so for the purpose of, of his word having that great effect in our lives as we surrender to him. See, the psalmist just confessed everything to God and is asking for God to tell him everything pertaining to his precepts so that he may understand. Listen to verse 27 once again. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. So as this, this whole time of confession comes full circle, he's saying, help me to understand the way of your precepts. Um, listen to what James Montgomery Boyce said. He says, It is concerned with a deep understanding, one that goes beyond a mere understanding of the words to a profound understanding of what they reveal about the nature of God, the gospel, and God's ways. So the psalmist is not just looking for a, a greater head knowledge 
so that he can effectively know the truth, he wants to understand it. Uh, he wants to, to see that it has uh, something that is applicable uh, to his condition and applicable to him walking uh, in, in faith before God for the rest of his life. Listen to, uh, it says in there, I will meditate on your wondrous works as it closes out verse 27. And have you thought about the wondrous works of God? You know, the psalmist uh, in Psalm 40 verse 5 says, You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell them, yet they are more than can be told. See, we, we need to understand that as we come and we fellowship and we commune with God, that God has the ability, as he is true to who he is, to do wondrous works in our lives. Salvation is, is an example of that. Creation is another example of that. And like it says in Psalm 77, verses 11 to 14, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O Lord, is holy. What God is great like our God? The answer to that question is no, no one. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. That's what we need to hold on to because there's going to be times when we find ourselves like the psalmist clinging to the dust. Uh, sometimes that's as a result of our own uh, uh, error and our own uh, missteps, our own proud decisions that we make, those, those things that we spoke of in relation to telling and, and God of our ways. Sometimes it's as a result of the things that are around us that uh, we can allow to affect us in a negative way. Uh, and bring us down. And we need to be reminded of the truths. We need to be reminded, like the psalmist says, and to commit that I will remember God's works. I will remember everything that God has done. I will remember that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I will remember that those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Realizing that God does not just stop midway in his work of anything. He finished creation. He finished salvation. Uh, because our God is a finisher. Uh, and he is able to guide us through even the most uh, hard, the most downtrodden times in our lives as believers. God is right there with us, ready to revive us according to his word. Let's bow for a closing word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, I do thank you for this text today. Lord, I thank you that your word does revive us, uh, that it, it brings us back into fellowship. It helps us to see beyond our circumstances, to see beyond our sin, uh, to see you, the one true God, to recall your wondrous works uh, and to have those guide us and to mold us and to shape us and to pull us up and to, to bring us along. And Lord, we ask that you would do that in each and every one of our lives this week as we uh, continue to remain faithful uh, to what you've called us to. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, God bless you, church family, and, and trust that you'll have a great uh, remainder of your week. And we look forward to worshiping with you on Sunday at one of our two services, either at 9 a.m. or 10.30. Uh, and so have a great end of your week.